I'm Virginia Allen. I'm Samantha Sherris. And this is the Daily Signal Top News for Monday, June 26th. Here are today's headlines. An attempted mutiny to oust Russian Defense Minister Sergei Shaigu appears to be over in Russia. Today, the Wagner mercenary leader Yevgeny Prigozhin defended his actions in a public audio recording via Bloomberg. Here, the Wagner Group leader says that he and his army did not have the goal of overthrowing the existing regime and the legally elected government. He goes on to add that the mercenaries turned around and ended the insurrection so that Russian blood would not be shed. There has been ongoing tension between Prigozhin and Russia's military leaders throughout the war. The Associated Press reports that the Wagner mercenaries left Ukraine and seized a military headquarters in a southern Russian city. They then traveled for hundreds of miles towards Moscow, but they turned around on Saturday after less than 24 hours. Prigozhin has been critical of the Russian defense minister and his handling of the invasion of Ukraine. In an audio message, Prigozhin called his march with his soldiers a masterclass of how the invasion of Ukraine should have gone. The Kremlin appears to have struck a deal with the Wagner Group leader and his soldiers. Prigozhin and his soldiers have reportedly agreed to move to Belarus and receive amnesty. The Russian defense minister made his first public appearance today following the uprising. The video shows the defense minister inspecting Russian troops, and it appears to be released in an attempt to shine a more positive light on the defense minister. So here in America, the question is, how does this rebellion affect the future of the war in Ukraine? During an interview with Fox and Friends, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy said Russian President Vladimir Putin appears to be much weaker since the attempted mutiny. McCarthy added, Putin seems like a different person. For more on this, you can check out tomorrow morning's interview. Samantha is going to be sitting down with Victoria Coates to go deeper into the situation, what we know, and what we can expect in the near future. LGBTQ activists were in New York City on Friday for the drag parade. During the parade, activists shouted, We're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. Many of the marchers were dressed in drag, and some chose to wear little to nothing at all. The drag march kicked off Pride Weekend in New York City. One of the world's largest investment and asset management firms is moving away from the term ESG. BlackRock manages over $9 trillion, and BlackRock CEO Larry Fink says he's not using the term ESG anymore because it has been politically weaponized, and he's ashamed of being part of this conversation. Axios asked Fink to clarify what he meant when he said that he was ashamed of being part of the conversation on ESG. He responded that he never said that he was ashamed and is not ashamed, but added that he does believe in conscientious capitalism. ESG, of course, stands for Environment, Social, and Governance. The CEO says the left and the right have misused the term. BlackRock has promoted and embraced environmental, social, and governance investing, 
But many conservatives have raised concerns over this push, being nothing more than woke capitalism. At the Aspen Ideas Festival on Sunday, Fink told Axios that his firm was hurt in 2022 when Florida Governor Ron DeSantis decided to pull $2 billion in assets from BlackRock over the ESG issue. But Fink also told Axios that in 2022, his company had its best year with a net flow of $200 billion from U.S. clients. So why does the CEO not want to use the term ESG? Well, again, he says it has been misused by those on the left and the right. And when he writes letters to investors, Fink says that using terms like ESG was never meant to be a political statement. The man who opened fire at an LGBTQ nightclub in Colorado Springs is going to jail for life. The shooter walked into Club Q in Colorado Springs on November 19th of last year. He used an AR-15 style semi-automatic rifle and killed five people. An additional 19 people were injured in the attack. The shooter identifies as non-binary. Today, he accepted a plea deal. He has agreed to plead guilty to five counts of murder in the first degree and 46 counts of first-degree attempted murder. For the murders, Judge Michael McHenry says the shooter will receive five consecutive life sentences without the possibility for parole. In addition, ABC News reports that the shooter will receive an additional 46 consecutive 48-year sentences for the attempted murder counts. Finally today, we have an update on the ongoing charges and investigation into Hunter Biden. Delaware attorney David Weiss sent a letter to Congress earlier this month. In that letter, Weiss said he had been granted ultimate authority over prosecutorial decisions related to the criminal investigation into Hunter Biden. Attorney General Merrick Garland has also testified before the Senate that Weiss had full authority to charge Hunter Biden. But the Federalist reports that there's an issue here. Weiss's comments and Garland's comments appear to conflict with statements Weiss made to senior members of the team investigating Biden's son. Last fall, Weiss met with senior-level managers from the IRS, FBI, and U.S. Attorney's Office. During that meeting, Weiss is reported to have said, I am not the deciding person on whether charges are filed, meaning charges against Hunter Biden. It appears that Weiss does not have the power to make prosecutorial decisions outside Delaware, and some of the activity Hunter Biden is being investigated for did happen outside Delaware. According to the Federalist assessment of the situation, either Weiss lied to his top investigators or Weiss and Garland deceived Congress. There's no other way around it. And with that, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Daily Signal's Top News. If you haven't gotten a chance, be sure to check out our morning show right here in this podcast feed where we interview lawmakers, experts, and leading conservative voices. As Virginia mentioned earlier, I'll be sitting down with Victoria Coates of the Heritage Foundation to further discuss the revolt in Russia over the weekend and what's next. Really looking forward to that conversation, Sam. And in the meantime, for all of our listeners, take a moment to subscribe to The Daily Signal wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And if you would, leave us a five-star rating and review. Thanks again for listening. Have a great rest of your Monday, and we'll be back with you all tomorrow morning. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. 
Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.